magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Central Indiana. Hello there to you. It is 10.06, and this is the First Day Show. I'm 93 WIBC Terry Stacy with you, and I'm glad you're here along with producer Kylan Talley. Hi. Hi. And Denny Smith. <laughs> Good morning. Kai, you okay? That was sort of I, fade. Man. She's sad. It was ruined when the microwave... Had some mac and cheese liquid left oh, on the plate. Dear. I know. And then I didn't even get to warm up my tea. Oh, the yeah, I want to cry. We're talking oh, about the, the microwave in the kitchen here on the fourth floor. It's kind of gross. It's really gross. No one wants to clean it. Here's what you do. You put, you take a lemon, you slice it in half, you put it in a bowl, and you add a little, just a little water, and you put that in the microwave for three minutes. <laughs> And you sit that. I'm not kidding you. And you let that sit there after oh it's cooked, gosh. and the steam from the lemons just makes it just. And, and then you it's just so wipe easy it. to wipe it out. Apparently, we need down. that. That's oh, all man. you have to do. It's the best way to clean your microwave. I clean that rotating platter once a week, but it's still yeah, gross. Man, it's oh, gross. I need to cleanse my attitude. Good morning. Good there morning. Thanks for joining us. On we wake on, uh, again, we day. wake up on a Sunday to some tough news that we're hearing about the two police officers that were shot uh, this morning in Mitchell, uh, Indiana, in uh, Lawrence County. So we will keep you up to date as we continue to receive more information from Sergeant Perrine of the Indiana State Police. Um, but yeah, we wake up to that and Oh, boy. I don't remember a day I didn't wake up and hear about shootings, you know? And I don't want to do that this morning. I don't, because you're going to get your news at the top and bottom of the hour and Fox News for your political stuff in the, at noon. But, um, gosh, it's just it's just hard. It never it does. I'm not numb to it yet, like so many people are. I'm just not numb to it. I still, when I hear it, you hear it so often, it just becomes part of the day, right? And it shouldn't be. You know, it's funny. I'm not numb to it, but I'm angry about it because in my own mind, I think it's preventable with a little bit of leadership and uh, a different approach. But I, I just I'm not in charge. So I. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I don't because it's this is just continues to be awful. Um, But it's a beautiful Sunday morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. It's 42 degrees outside. And uh, we are also glad that you are here on this uh, happy National Weather Person's Day. (laughs) It's always something, right? Who do you like to get your weather from? Uh, You know, I got to tell you, I really like all of them. I'm not opposed to any of our local weather people. I'm not. They're all I mean, fun. I like them all. They're all terrific personalities and intelligence, and I really do like them all. Angela Buckman is probably one that we watch the most uh, if we're watching TV. But at night, it's um, back to Fox 59. You know, I go back there and with Brian. With Wilksy. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I like them all. I, I really do. I love Marcus Bailey and Stephanie Mead. Who doesn't? Primarily because they start my morning with Tony Katz in the morning news. Oh, I get boy. to talk with them as a producer. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, good morning. How's and they're both terrific. Oh, they're so wonderful. They really are. Bright lights. Thank you for reminding me. Because mm-hmm. I do. 
But uh, to mark the occasion, and I know there's a lot of important news out there, but gambling.com <laughs> decided to go to determine yeah. who has the uh, the weatherman that is the hottest. The hottest weatherman, well, not just locally. Wait, male or female? Oh. Well, they call it weatherman. Uh, but, and I, as I'm looking at the list, it is weathermen. Uh, well, now, Wilkes doesn't have a six pack, he's got a one Mm-mm. pack. So, how can he be sexy? Mm-mm. Hot. I'm sorry. Will Nunley is deemed the most handsome United States weatherman. Nunley? Yeah, Nunley. Nunley. Uh, his him up name now. is Will Nunley, is Fox, Fox News. Then you have. Storm specialist Robert Ray from Fox News. And then from the Weather Channel in the number three position is Henry Golick. Al Roker is number nine. Al Roker should be off the list. You know, everybody's he pretty happy mean he returned to Indianapolis. To I got nothing in the tank for Al Roker, <laughs> you old flea bag. Take about, him off the list. How he's number nine and he beat Jim Cantori. That's only because he wears those glasses. His glasses are pretty cool, but. Weather Channel forecaster Jim Cantori is number 19 over 25 years of weather reporting. And I'll tell you, Jim used to be number one. He still, He's uh, taking a fall. He still takes care of himself, but he maybe might get, you know, after 20 years, Tara, give the guy a break. <laughs> He's still good looking. Uh, Chinese, the Chinese spy balloon is down. Yay. And you know I cheered. Did you cheer? I did when you too. saw it, it was almost like a moment. It was so like a fi- moment, like yes. So the fighter they got pilot, it. the fighter pilot that shoots it down. Does he get a balloon put on the side of his plane? Oh, <laughs> you know how point. when they shoot uh, one yeah. down, yeah, they they get that. It was pretty cool. I mean, to see to see that missile did they, or whatever did they, that was. Did they televise through. it? Did we see it come? We down? saw it. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. It takes a long time. It Doesn't. feels like when you're watching it on, you know, kind of. It feels like, but it was sixty thousand feet or. Uh, less maybe was it was coming down before it was shot down at 2:39 yeah. yesterday by a single F22 fighter jet uh firing a, a single air to missile air to air missile so it uh, hopefully it hit the balloon oh it hit the balloon okay i mean it was one but shot not boom the payload, it was down because that would really be sad that we didn't get the you know we get to see yeah. what they're up to recovery now is that and then that i did mode. hear that china uh, China indicated that there would be repercussions for this. Huh? Yes. You know, all I can say is bring them on. That was probably bring part of the on. plan. They knew this. They knew we were going to shoot need it down. To be busted right and now in the they nose, can say Jerry. we I'm don't like what you did. Here. First, we you give me Al Roker. I'm sorry. Just, Let me move on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In fact, let's do that. Let's do this. Come. Let me tell you what's coming up this hour, guys. We're again to 10:12 right now, and 42 degrees in downtown Indianapolis. Coming up this hour, the children's. Children, the Indianapolis Children's Choir. They're moving, plus a visit with a new drive-in restaurant opening this week in Avon. Uh, but first, February is Heart Health Awareness Month, and Denny Smith will talk to a cardiologist when we return to the first day on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Denny Smith for the first day. And joining me right now is Dr. Kirk Parr, a cardiologist. He happens to be a friend of mine, and I forgive him for all the things that he's done to me. But he is a cardiologist here in central Indiana. It's wintertime, and every year I hear folks, especially my family members, warning me to be careful shoveling snow. And candidly, it really makes me grouchy. I feel fine. I know how to pace myself. Okay, so I'm over 40. But I'm also humble enough to at least ask questions. So I thought I'd ask an expert who happens to be a friend. And I've been wanting to ask about cold weather and exertion since I turned 40 so many years ago. Kirk Parr is a cardiologist with Ascension Indiana St. Vincent Heart Center, Seton, Carmel, and Indianapolis. And he's got all the merit badges in both internal medicine and cardiology. He's a fellow in the Academy of Cardiology and specifically cardiovascular disease. For those of us in the non-medical community, suffice to say that he's board certified and knows what he's talking about. So, Kirk, thanks for taking time out. I know you're busy, but thanks for taking time out to join me. It's a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for asking. Just exactly what happens in cold weather with your heart that doesn't happen in not-so-cold weather when we're exerting? Well, just cold weather alone does several things. It it causes the coronary arteries, and I'll refer to those. Those are the arteries that supply blood to your heart. It causes them to constrict, even in normal people. Cold weather alone will also increase your heart rate and blood pressure which is exactly what happens if a person's on a treadmill or if a person's exercising. So just stepping out in the cold with with no other exertion does exactly what a fair amount of exercise will do. Then we're talking about shoveling snow. You add that on top of what what your heart's already experiencing. It's quite a a bit of stress. And uh, even within a couple of minutes of shoveling snow, it's the equivalent of really a maximum stress test. And then push yourself a little harder and you kind of go over a maximum stress test. So cold weather does a lot. Add the exertion on top of it, and you've got a lot of stress on your heart. All right. So what about these uh, folks that do the polar bear plunges? You know, they they go out and they jump in Eagle Creek or they jump in Lake Michigan. Does a cardiologist have any issues with jumping into ice-cold water for the polar bear plunge? Well, it's an interesting question. And number one is what we don't see is a whole bunch of people dropping dead after they do that. (laughs) Okay. so, so, so that, that tells us a couple of things. It, it tells us that probably the people that do that are probably pretty healthy to begin with. And many people actually promote that for the, quote, health benefits of it. So, you know, so I think it's probably a pretty healthy group of people that are doing that in general. In somebody who has had a heart attack or heart failure or multiple risk factors for heart disease, yeah, there's probably some risk. But I think in general, those people are not out jumping into cold water. So I'm kind of talking around that, but there's a theoretical risk. There's no real evidence right now that people that do that are dropping dead or having major heart attacks from that particular activity. But I think it's self-selection. I think it's people people who choose to do that probably are at low risk to begin with. All right. So I got a million dollar question here. Who shovels the snow at home, you or your wife? We both do. We both do. I'm, I'm proud to report that this past weekend, even though I, I wouldn't exactly be considered low risk, I warmed up on my exercise bicycle. I went out, shoveled the driveway a little bit at a time. You know, when I started getting a little bit tired, I rested and went back and did it. So I think that's the model that cardiologists recommend. Warm up a little bit, work a little bit till you start to feel it. And take a break. Take a break and recover and then go out and do it a little bit at a time. You don't have to do it all at once. Kirk Parr joins me from St. Vincent's. Does ethnicity or background make any difference? You know, what about the Eskimos and the Russians in winter exertion? Are they more or less prone to heart issues? Eskimo is a very interesting question because there's there's some evidence that population that's been best studied is northern Greenland. How's that for a fun factoid? 
Wow. Um, and and, and the, the people up in the very north tip of Greenland really do seem to, to have an excessive risk of heart disease. Still a little controversial because, frankly, not really super good studies have been done, and there aren't a ton of people to test. But, but that group living in cold weather appears to be more prone to heart disease than other um, populations. And the very best studies, the people are at risk of heart attacks, dropping dead from shoveling snow are actually out of Canada. So the Canadians know all about this. They taught us about this because they did studies early because obviously they get a lot of snow. Wow. So Canadians, Minnesotans, uh, Wisconsin folks, they aren't more uh, susceptible to it or less susceptible. Is it still health, you know, health wise, is it still diet and uh, co- comorbidities? Yeah. And, and the, the, the five main risk factors for heart disease are diabetes, high blood pressure, cigarette smoking, high cholesterol and family history. So any one of those is enough to make anybody over, especially males, especially males over 50. I think twice about really going out and shoveling hard. You can do it a little bit at a time, like I said. I think it's safe. It's pretty safe to do it small bits at a time. It's when, you know, men get get on their macho macho hat and decide they have to do it all at once. Easy, easy there. You're cutting pretty close to home here. I know, I know. Denny, I, I had my office today. Virtually every single man said, you know, in the winter, I'm just a couch potato. In the summer, I'm out mowing, I, I mulch, I bush hog, I garden, I do all this. In the winter, I just sit on the couch. Well, you sit on the couch, and the snow comes, you go out and decide you can do it all at one time. Bad combination. What about women versus men? What is it about women that they don't have the issues that, well, you know, uh, uh, obvious? Is it hormonal? What is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's partly hormonal, possibly just because fewer women get out and shovel snow. I mean, that's, that's debatable, but I think that's plausible. But the Canadian studies that are really the best studies out there, and they're uh, over a decade old, but they do not show an increased risk for women, which is really interesting. So it seems like, you know, based on the data we have, women, you know, here's the good news. Women can shovel snow with with no increase, no measurable increase in cardiac risk. Oh, I love this. What about back issues versus heart issues? What do you th- what do you think happens more, back issues from lifting or heart issues? Pretty good information on that, and there are back issues exceed heart issues four or five to one. Wow! So you know you you, you keep track of people that come into the emergency room with snow shoveling related injuries. It's it, back to heart four or five to one. Oh, so but- back problems, people slipping and breaking a bone while they're shoveling. Much higher than heart risk. What about hooch? It's, about consuming alcohol? You know, the hot toddy uh, or a, a, a quick shot of the schnapps or whatever. Does consuming yeah. alcohol exacerbate things? Does it make it worse, better? What? The doctors are a little bit worried about that and then going out in the cold because people don't feel the cold. You know, with you, you get you get some dilation of the veins. You don't feel the cold so much. You may work a little harder. You may you know, do what alcohol does to people. They just don't care as much. So. They shovel harder. They don't feel they don't they can't listen to their body quite as well. And so, you know, alcohol plus cold weather plus exertion, probably three bad things in a row. Wow. Um, you know, a hot, a hot toddy or a drink every now and then. That's OK. Just don't go shovel snow right afterwards. Cardiology problems in general from you as a professional cardiologist, uh, a fellow in the Academy of Cardiology. Is it lifestyle or is it genetic inheritances that is really the, the culprit here? Well, the bad news is it probably tilts a little bit toward genetic. That that doesn't mean that the lifestyle doesn't matter. For instance, cigarette smoking is huge. People who smoke should stop. It's a, it's terribly damaging to the heart. Diabetes can be treated and controlled. I mean, that's partially di- that's partially genetic, but diabetes can be controlled. High blood pressure, likewise, partly genetic, but can be controlled. So the controllable risk factors 
really are diabetes, high blood pressure, cigarette smoking, high cholesterol can be treated with diet and medication. But then there's that genetic, the fifth one, the genetic, woven into all of the others, but it's also an independent risk factor. It, it tilts people really, really in, in the direction of having a proclivity toward heart disease if they're close family members, you know, parents, brothers, sisters, uncles have had heart disease. It's a pretty strong risk factor. I got one more question. It has to do with the temperature of the air that you're breathing in. I have seen these rebreathers where people put it over. It's like a mask preheats the air. Is there anything to breathing the cold air versus warm air, putting a scarf over your face? Does that help at all, Kirk? To, to the best of our knowledge, no. I don't think it helps prevent heart attacks or anything. It, it may just give people some comfort, some symptomatic improvement and feeling better out in the cold. But as far as preventing heart attacks, there's no evidence it does that. Well, Kirk Parr, doctor from Ascension St. Vincent's, people want to get in touch with you or they have other questions. Where do you direct them? Dr. Google's not bad. It has some pretty good things that usually come up. Their family doctor is always a great place to start. Family doctor, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant. And, and of course, cardiologists are available, especially. I think people who are having discomfort or tightness in their chest when they exert, people who are breaking down the sweat when they exert, people who have what I would call a natural shortness of breath. They only exert a short period of time and suddenly can't catch their breath. If their heart really seems to skip, brace, pound, uh, that's time to see a cardiologist. Beyond the, the open door to that, maybe at the cardiologist directly, family doctors can get you in. There, there are lots of ways to get there. Dr. Kirk Parr, a cardiologist. Kirk, thank you for your time. Keep up the good work. I'm, I'm planning to sharpen up my shovel and be ready for the next time it falls. Thanks, Denny. Have a great day. Denny? I think nice women, job. I think women need to do more snow shoveling. I don't think you're right about that. I think, I think that's what the only thing you got out of that whole conversation. <laughs> well, really that's what do. I pointed out to Jane. I, I really, thought, really yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, there's a doctor Franklin that wrote an article for AA article for AARP, and he says he advises any, anyone age 45 and older not to t- tackle shoveling. He says the recommendation stems from a landmark study that indicates that about 85 percent of United States adults age 50 plus already have underlying coronary artery disease so stop at 45 i hope we don't have to talk about this until next year i hope this we won't have any more snow shoveling until next year uh by the way i want to mention you mentioned polar plunges which was an interesting conversation you just had with the doctor we had a good one yesterday for special olympics and uh the south side in greenwood yesterday a lot of money raised the polar plunge has a tradition for the special olympics for 24 years we've got 15 plunge locations available through march 4th if you so desire, soindiana.org. I want to remind you that heart disease is the number one killer of women. And if you'd like to learn more about hands-only CPR, go to cpr.heart.org. Kylan? We're going to do some trending stories. Let's going do it. Into Denny, you ready? Yeah, sign me up. Here we go. But with a twist, let's do some food news. She loves food news. Who doesn't? First day food news. If you missed it, the USDA on Friday proposed some changes to school lunches That's to right. make them healthier. No particularly, sugar. Yes, reducing your sugar and salt. And then Subway also announced that they're going to be moving away from pre-sliced meats and implementing more deli slicers in their shops. So expect some more. Now that's well, cool. Fresher meat, but longer wait for your sandwiches. So patience is a virtue. Um, Coca-Cola is facing a lawsuit over allegations of toxic chemicals in Simply Orange Juice. Oh, no. First, I forgot that Coca-Cola owns Simply Orange Juice. Me too. But regardless, the toxic chemicals, they're PFAs, and they're known as forever chemicals. 
And the allegation is that this company, Coca-Cola, deceived customers by marketing the juice as all natural, despite third-party testing reportedly finding levels of PFAs in the juice that were hundreds of times higher than federal limits of drinking water. Is a PSA a flavor enhancer? Okay, is it a flavor enhancer? I am not sure. I think it's something similar to... You know, I'm not even going to say. Okay. I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> That's okay. Look Just it say it with confidence. confidence. Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> well. Oh, dear. Yeah. Is everybody well, out to get us? I know that PFAs everybody. also, I've seen a lot of studies on PFAs. I think it's similar to what's in the plastics, particularly. Oh, okay. And a lot of it has been found to increase different health problems like cancer, liver disease, kidney cancers, you know, those types of things. So not good at all. No, so Coca-Cola not has wow. something... Depressing food news I know. Here. Okay, okay, okay. A better food news then. Cheapism just released their list of best hole-in-the-wall restaurants for fried chicken. Oh. And Indiana's goes to Indiana's Wagner's Village Inn in Oldenburg. It's about an hour away from here. So if you want a little road trip, <laughs> I guess there's some good fried chicken I love it. there. That would be a fun road trip Kylan, to go get fried I, chicken. My first date was at the hole-in-the-wall restaurant where a bullet hole had gone through the wall, and they just put a frame around it, and it was known as Joe Habush's Actual hole-in-the-wall. Hole-in-the-wall hole restaurant. Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Devour, yes. I just want to mention, if you love fried chicken today, Wheatley's. Wheatley's out on the southeast side of town. Wheatley's right there in Wanamaker. Oh, do they have a fantastic fried chicken dinner. Mm-hmm. Homemade also, gravy. Okay, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Devour I get so excited. Indie I'm, ends I'm today. Yes. So if you're I, looking for yeah. places to eat, Devour Indie, get those restaurants while those deals last. And then Blue Mind Roasting is going to be a new coffee shop opening on 38th Street. While they haven't given a grand opening, they are looking for baristas. So if that's of interest, go check them out. Again, Blue Mind Roasting. And then finally, another opening. Swenson's Drive-In will be opening tomorrow in Avon. And more to come on that. (laughs) More to come on that when we talk with the CEO of Swenson's. Next, after the news, on First Day with Terry Stacey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Could be a dream, life could be a dream. Do, 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 Life could be a dream If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Good morning and welcome to the first day on 93 WIBC Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith Who you normally hear on, uh, but he's part of our show now But you normally hear him on Home and Garden uh, Saturdays, 9 to 1 Hi Denny Paul Hey girl Kylan Talley producing today's show's got a special guest. Terry, we were talking about some nostalgia yesterday, mm-hmm. and my favorite part about drive-ins is you get that little bit of nostalgia from oh, previous yeah. years, and that's what I'm most excited about with Swenson's Drive-In, which is opening. They have had locations in our neighboring state, Ohio, but now they're truly becoming a neighbor of ours and opening their newest location here in Avon. Yay! Oh, I'm so excited. So excited. Who better to describe it than the CEO of Swenson's, you Jeff Flowers. You the CEO. <laughs> She did good. She went to the top. Oh, he is at the top. Jeff, welcome to First Day. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? Are you in Indiana now? 
I, I am in Indiana now. This is this is one of the most exciting weekends of my life. I just had my first Swenson's Galley Boy outside the state of Ohio in in, in my life. It was amazing. <laughs> We're honored that you're having Yay! it here. Okay, first, not meaning anything by it, but I want your last name. Isn't that a great name? Flowers? Jeff oh, Flowers. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's just like Swenson's, we're, we're unique, we're different. So hey, m- might as well, might as well have a, a pretty cool, unique last name as well, huh? Oh, I I would agree with that. What makes Swenson's unique? We might be related. My grandma's maiden name was Flowers. How did you spell it? Really? Flowers, just F L O W E R S. How what? about that? That's- how about that? It's one of my favorite questions that people always <laughs> love to ask. How do you spell it? Well, flowers, like flowers. <laughs> it's so simple. So but, what, you, what you know, does, it, yeah. It, as, far as, as far as what makes Swenson's unique, as, as you just mentioned, you know, in the intro there about the nostalgia, one of the things that, that's really cool about Swenson's is, is how much of that nostalgia that we have, we've kept as the brand. So you think old 1950s style you pull your car into one of our parking lots, our parking lots, which double as our as our as our dining rooms. You pull, you, you turn your headlights on, and one of our friendly curb servers will quite literally sprint over to your vehicle, take your order. The kitchen will prepare everything fresh to order. Nothing's nothing's pre-held. We don't have warming drawers. Everything is made as you like it when you like it we've got a really broad really cool menu everything is fully customizable and that that friendly face-to-face customer service old 1950s style drive-in hanging the tray on the on the window of your car it's just it's just a fun unique experience one would think that swenson's has been around for decades and decades but really when was it born 1934. So it has been around forever and ever. Why do you think it's lasted this long? Because drive-ins have come and gone, and there are just just less than a handful left. How how have you been able to stay and be successful? Well, it's the food and the service. Um, And and the food and the service, quite frankly, is all made possible by the incredible team of people that we've had through our 89 years. So it's, it's a really great product. And our hamburgers, everything is ground fresh. It's never frozen. It's our own special proprietary of beef. And our Galley Boy, our signature burger, is a double cheeseburger with our two secret special sauces as well. So we, we just have a great food. We've got a great menu. It, it's a really big menu. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the classic Americana. It's burgers, it's fries, it's shakes. But you can also get something like a quarter pound fried bologna or a BLT or an egg salad sandwiches. Oh. Our, our milkshakes, our milkshakes are to die for. There's 18 different flavors. You can mix and match them any way you like. Hot fudge, peanut butter, cherry and pineapple, blueberry and lemon. Have, have fun with the combos. And that's just, it's just, it's just a really part of the fun brand that Swenson's really is. Where did you come in with this history of Swenson's? What's your history with them? Well, first of all, I, I grew up in Akron, about probably five minutes away from the original location that opened in 1934. So I personally, I have memories of Swenson's as long as I have memories. But the curb servers that I, that I mentioned previously, they're a very, very special part of our brains. They're all, they're all college students. So, you know, we're very particular about, you know, the quality of individuals that we bring in because they really are the face of our brand. And that's actually where where I got started 22 years ago as a curb server myself. So 
Since then, I've been an assistant manager, a general manager, a district manager, a vice president, and I've had this fancy title CEO for going on eight years now. You really have worked your way up. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, we're talking with Jeff Flowers, the CEO of Swenson's. Why Avon? Why did you choose this to be your first out of Ohio location? So over the past 89 years, we've, you know, we've really grown quite a fan base, uh, primarily in Ohio. But as, as, as folks do move out and take their lives elsewhere, it's that, uh, elsewhere that, that craving for Swenson's never leaves. So we hear quite often, hey, bring us Swenson's here, bring us Swenson's there. And Indianapolis, it was, it was really at the top of that list. We, we heard our guests, you know, our loyal Swenatics. As, as we call them, asking for us to be here. So we took we took our time. Well, we don't we don't rush into decisions here at Swenson's. We've been around for 89 years. This is going to be only our 20th restaurant. But when when we started looking in the the Indianapolis area, you know there was there was just a sense of community, you know, out in Avon that was that was really really appealing to us. So of all the opportunities, you know, out there, you know, we're incredibly excited for Indianapolis and. Super, super pumped for the Avon community. Listen, Jeff, we really do appreciate tomorrow. When grand opening is when? Grand is tomorrow, Monday, February 6th. Come all. What time? In cel- at 11 a.m. Okay. In celebration of this being our, our 20th stand, the first 20 guests are going to get free Swenson's <gasps> for a year. So we're, we're making for a, a year? big deal. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> what a deal. I mean, that's really worth wait. That's worth my time. I might be sleeping in the parking that's lot. That's worth my time. Uh, we can uh, Listen, I've got to share this story with you as well. I was we had some we had some pre-opening friends and family events over the weekend. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who looked me straight in the eye with complete sincerity and said, I will be here at 10 p.m. on Sunday. I'm sleeping in my truck. I'm getting one of those free Swensons for a year. It's going to happen. So it was just, it's just been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful reception for us out here in Indy, and we're really, really grateful for that. Well, I guess if you would like to work for Swensons, you know, get in touch with them, fill out an application. They may need your help here as they open on Monday. Opening tomorrow, 11 a.m., Swensons, Jeff Flowers, CEO. Thank you. We really appreciate it looking forward to uh to seeing everybody out there tomorrow and beyond thank you so much and thank you so much for having me absolutely uh see you tomorrow 10 46 you're listening to the first day on 93 wibc life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Three WIBC and Network Indiana. I bet you've heard, maybe you've heard, that the Indianapolis Children's Choir is moving from its home at Butler University to a place of its very own. And joining us now is the Indianapolis Children's Choir's artistic director, the pride of Fort Wayne, Angola, and Kokomo. Did I forget anybody? 
Butler nope. University. <laughs> yes. At Butler University, Joshua Petty is here. Josh, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Did I get them all right? Fort Wayne, Angola, Kokomo, and I almost forgot yes. Butler. Okay. All yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Hoosier. He's a I Hoosier totally. through and through. And, uh, yes. you know, we always have so many new people moving in every day here to our city that I always like to reintroduce people just in case. So uh, yes. you never know. But the children's choir is, uh, we'll tell you more about how amazing they are and how they really rank worldwide. Uh, but after 36 years, the choir is moving to the former F.C. Tucker Real Estate Office, which is such a beautiful building. Building at it 91st is. and Allisonville Road. Um, you know, what was the decision? Was it simply to move? Was it based simply on needing more room, Josh? Yeah, it really is. You know, we are so appreciative to Butler for for all the years of partnership and, and uh, being at Butler. But yeah, as we were talking with our families and looking at our programming, we just needed some more space. And um, so this building now gives us that opportunity to offer more things to the Indianapolis community. And uh, we'll have 24-hour access to rooms wow. and not uh, need to worry about any other schedule than our own now. Isn't so it's a best? wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It, it really, really is. is. After so many years, um, you know, and you, and you think about the growth. Henry Leck, the founder of the Children's Choir, started with 220 children, four choirs. They debuted at the Museum of Art after just a couple of weeks of rehearsal. Now, 36 years later... I mean, can you describe or can you explain how, let's start here. How many, how many members do you have now? We have over 2,500 kids that are part of the Indianapolis Children's Choir. Oh my gosh. That (laughs) is such an amazing number. And then you break those down into more than four choirs, which started with Henry, right? I mean, now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we have early childhood classes that we're doing out in the community we have like 15 different choirs now wow. that meet. Um, yeah, there are lots of different programs now that, that we do it, that those kids break down into. Yeah, it's really amazing. It, it is. is. It really is. And, you know, um, the Indianapolis Children's Choir has really put their students' families' needs always at the top of the priority list. I mean, that's from the beginning, and that has not changed. And those needs yes. continue to change, right? Yes, they do. You know, we are looking at at flexibility in rehearsal schedules. Some of the parents are, are you know, uh, parents of younger kids, and they're like, we, we'd like rehearsals to start a little earlier in the evening so that the kids can go to bed earlier. And, uh, um, you know, maybe we would like to have some on Saturday mornings, as odd as that may sound to some of us who like to sleep in on Saturday mornings, uh, you know. Different flexibility for our families, um, uh, ample parking, a place for parents to, to just sit with their laptop and, and get some work done while the kids are are uh, uh, doing their, their rehearsing. You know, so things like that are, are really important to our families and our singers. When do you hope to get into the new building? We hope to be in and done with renovations by uh, the fall. So we would start next season in the new facility. Okay, so can you describe what the plan is, what this building will be able to do for for all of the, the Indianapolis Children's Choir members and their families? You mentioned a spot now that you'll have for families because it's a it's a family thing, you know? Exactly, exactly. 
So the building is laid out to house our administrative offices and then also to have um, rehearsal spaces and classrooms, but then designated areas for parents. We A parent's lounge for them. Um, our parents association also sells logo wear. So we're going to have a, a parent association kind of shop, you know, where they could keep all of their things and families could go in and pick up sweatshirts or water bottles or, or various things that they would like. Um, and then, like I said, we have ample parking for families when they come. And then we have green space. There's actually green space for us to be outside and do outdoor activities and to host various events. Wow. Um, so we're really excited about what the building is going to actually be able to do. It'll be a, a wonderful place of community for the Indianapolis Children's Choir. People may think, you know, I don't have a child. I don't. Why, why, why is this important to me? Why is this story important to me? But it is important, isn't it? It really is, because I, I bet most listeners either have known someone who has been in the children's choir or know someone and they don't even realize they've been in the children's choir. And one of the things that I am so proud of, and I tell the, the singers this all the time, is uh, they're amazing musicians, and I'm proud of their, their musicianship. But what I'm even more proud of the, is the citizens that they are, yeah. the way they interact in our community, the leaders that they are in our community. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm friends with lots of them on, on, you know, social media and Facebook and Instagram and stuff that, you know, I have a, a singer who, who just graduated and is going to be working at, at uh, the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And we have ones that are working at the Riley Hospital and, and you know, doing wonderful things out in the community and making a difference. So that's why it really is important to, to continue to support things like the Indianapolis Children's Choir. It's a, it's a place of belonging and a place where um, they learn a lot more than singing. They learn about being uh, good people and good citizens and, and ways to give back and make Indianapolis the incredible community that it is. The friendships that are created, that is really priceless forevermore. I mean, these kids will have this relationships with kids. When kids come in the door, you know, they're of all colors and all ages and from every part of the, the city. And I can't put a price on that. It really is. If you want a picture of what central Indiana really looks like, just look at the Indianapolis Children's Choir. We're a direct reflection of what our community really is, and I'm so proud of that. That is so cool. Okay, so now we're going to ask for the give. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the the capital campaign that is underway to help you with your new home at 91st and Ellisonville Road. What can we do? Well, uh, we have a, a, a dedicated spot on our on our website. If if you go to um, icchoir.org and look at support, it's right there at the top. It's uh, in the city for a global community um, because really, as you said, the impact of the Indianapolis Children's Choir goes way beyond central Indiana. And the reach is far beyond that. And um, so there's information there and people can look at the building. They can see the plans and the layout um, and and consider giving a gift to it. One of the the fun things that we're doing is the address is uh, 9111 Allisonville Road. So we're having some fun with that. So can you give a gift of $91.11 or 900 
and $11.10, you know. Um, so people kind of get to remember our, our new address um, since we've been at Butler for so long. And, and we're just looking at simple ways that people can help us out as we move forward and look at the, the next chapter of the Indianapolis Children's Choir. So I invite people to to uh, check out the webpage, look at that. If people have questions or want to know more, um, they should give our office a call or just drop us an email. All that information is there on the webpage. And, and uh, hopefully we'll get across the, it's a $4 million capital campaign and okay. we're a quarter of the way there right now. So hopefully people will get us across that finish line because I know people in Indianapolis are are very generous and very supportive of the arts. And so many have enjoyed the beautiful angelic voices of our Indianapolis children, Children's Choir yeah. at so many events around uh, around the state and beyond. Um, the opportunities, again, for kids throughout central Indiana, that what they offer uh, the Indianapolis Children's Choir, one of the largest and truly most respected children's choir programs in the world, uh, I think offering what they offer is for their students is worth investing in. I do. I really, really do. And um, You've got, um, you mentioned Butler University, and I'm going to let you go here in a second, uh, that, 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 that relationship. That, will that partnership in some way continue? Oh, yes, of course. It will still continue. We have internships between both arts administrative students and music education students that will continue. We will be working with them. We will still appear at performances at, at Clues Hall, and Butler will become a site for the Indianapolis Children's Choir. We have choirs that meet throughout the community, such as in Carmel and Fishers and uh, Hendricks County, Johnson County, um, and in Zionsville. And Butler will become one of those places. So we'll still have a presence at Butler. It just won't be our main headquarters. Josh, I love talking to you and always do and love the kids. Joshua Petty, Artistic Director of the Indianapolis Children's Choir. Again, their capital campaign is underway. Help them reach that goal of $4 million. They're a quarter of the way there. They, they've got a little bit of time, but uh, while you're thinking about it, while you just heard Josh's, Josh's conversation, I hope you'll you'll check out ICchoir.org and see what you can do to help. Hey, thank you, Josh, so much. And again, you, if you anybody's so interested, much. if anybody, if a parent is listening and like their child to be a part of this program, uh, when how does that work? Is there time now to start checking into it? It is actually time now. Um, you know, I know today is a very cold day outside, but uh, uh, it's time to start thinking of summer and summer camps and re-enrolling. So, yes, now's a perfect time for people to start checking out the Indianapolis Children's Choir. Okay, good deal. ICchoir.org. We wish you the best. Thank you so much, Josh, for your time. Thank you so much, Terry. Really appreciate it. Today's top stories are coming up next on 93 WIBC. Here's some Children's Choir for you.